All right. Welcome in. This is the first episode of Bird Droppings. I'm Carter Bird, and we're going to talk today a little bit about the NFL Draft. I've taken a couple days to kind of digest what happened, and I want to start off by talking about the two most notable players that dropped out of potentially the first round into the third round. And I want to start with the player who I think was the best player on the best college defense ever in Nicobe Dean. I know that there's some health concerns. I know that he elected against surgery and he elected that that he should do some therapy, some PT to get him keep himself healthy. But we're talking about a guy who had 72 tackles, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and a pick six last year playing for a defense that had five guys drafted in the first round. I mean, he was the 2021 Butkus Award winner for the best linebacker in the country. He was an All-American. His pro football focus grade was a 91.8. Every time you watch Georgia play a game, and you watch that awesome, awesome, awesome Georgia defense, there's one guy who stuck out more than anybody else, except for maybe Jordan Davis, because Jordan Davis is as big of as big as a house. But it's Nakobe Dean, dude. Dude's instincts were awesome. Sideline to sideline, covered all the ground, made an incredible impact on that team. And it felt like he was the leader out there. And I know medical stuff may have spooked some teams. I know he's not super tall. But he's the number one linebacker in, in this draft. I truly believe that. And I think he's going to start for 10 years in Philadelphia, if not more. He's too good. And I just don't, I don't, and I think it's a mistake by every team in the NFL to pass on him two times over. And then some teams pass on him three times over. But here he is going to Philadelphia, and if you're an Eagles fan, yeah, get him healthy, but get him healthy, and then he's the leader of your defense for the, for the next decade. And I don't think that can really be argued. I think he's that good. Now, moving on. Three picks later. Three picks later, you had everybody's favorite quarterback in this draft. The guy who we were all told was the best quarterback, most likely to be taken number one of the quarterbacks. Malik Willis goes 86th to the Titans. Look, his traits are awesome. He's so athletic. He's so fast. He's so strong. He's got a cannon for an arm. But, yeah, he probably needs time to develop. He wasn't going to start this year no matter where he went. But I think this is a great place for him to go. I think he's got a great chance a great chance to to be the guy in the future in Tennessee. He can sit behind Tannehill. It's not a big deal. He can take that time to develop. But this is somebody who ESPN Plus has the number 21 player in this draft. And here he is going 86th. Think about this. With the way that that team's built the run game, 2023, if Derrick Henry's still there and Malik Willis is the guy, 
that running offense, that rushing offense could be terrifying, and the whole league should be absolutely petrified of it. But he's got a great, he's going to a great place to learn, to learn for a year, get ready, get right, do the Patrick Mahomes plan, not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but he can be a Lamar Jackson-ish player. He's not as fast as Lamar, but he's bigger and he's stronger than, than Lamar is. I mean, we're talking about a guy who threw for 2,250 yards and 20 touchdowns in 2020 and almost ran for 1,000 yards and had 14 more touchdowns the following year. Almost throws for 3,000 yards, throws for 27 touchdowns while rushing for almost 900 yards and 13 more touchdowns. Now, in 2020, he put the ball on the ground more than you'd like, and in 2021, he threw more interceptions than you want. But give him the time to develop. He can be a star in this league. I've seen the athleticism in person. I watched him against Georgia in 2017 get in the game for a couple snaps, and he's... For lack of a better term, he's got a little bit of that dog in him that he wants to beat the hell out of you at every opportunity. I mean, he's a Georgia kid playing against Georgia, and he took every opportunity to try to get a touchdown on on his one drive in that game, and he looked pretty good. Now, he obviously left Auburn, and he's admitted – that he needed kind of that kick in the pants because he didn't he didn't have that commitment commitment to the craft. He didn't have the maturity necessary to be a starting quarterback in the SEC at the time. That's why he got passed over. Then he went to Liberty, bought in under Hugh Freeze, and here he is. He's in the NFL. He's gonna get and he's drafted higher than anybody that was still on that Auburn quarterback room will end up getting drafted. And he's shown you he can be a really, really good quarterback. He has by far the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft. It's just going to take time. And I think he has that time. Moving on, I want to talk about one other team. I want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens draft because – Personally, I loved it. First off, you get your first pick at number 14. You get Kyle Hamilton. 6'4", 220. Safety out of Notre Dame. Some people had him as high as number four as overall in this draft. as the fourth best player. And he falls to you at 14. And he's so versatile. Because he's so big. And he's got range on the field. And you can line them up wherever you want. It's kind of like Isaiah Simmons-ish. I mean, kind of Cam Chancellor-ish. We're talking about a guy who in 31 games had 138 tackles, 7.5 for loss, 8 picks, including a pick 6, and defended 16 passes. He's versatile. Mel Kuyper had him number 4 on his board, and I think that he's going to be a guy that plays for 10 years for the Ravens. 
And you can say the same thing about their second pick in the first round. Tyler Linderbaum, you lose your, your center, and you go out and you draft the best center in this draft. Yeah, he's 6'2", 296. He's not overwhelmingly huge. And he's ranked 29th overall in this cl- draft class. So technically you take him a couple spots ahead of where his overall ranking was. But he's the number one center. He's a day one starter. Only allowed three sacks over three seasons at Iowa. His pro football focus grade is like a 95.4, which is stupid. His run block grade is like a 96.6. Going to an offense that we know loves to run the ball. Between him, between him and Kyle Hamilton, you've got two guys who will be pillars of their sides of the football in Baltimore for a decade plus in my mind. And I don't think that's really that far of a stretch. But as you move on in in their draft, their second-round pick is David Ojabo from Michigan, outside linebacker. Had a huge year this year. Yeah, he tore his Achilles in his pro day. But get him healthy. Just get him healthy and let him produce. And what you have to love about him, what you absolutely have to love is the familiarity that Baltimore will already have with him as opposed to other draft picks by any other team or any of Baltimore's other draft picks, period. You had the Michigan connection. John Harbaugh's the head coach of the Ravens. Jim Harbaugh's the head coach of Michigan. His college defense coordinator is now the defense coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. And also, just for fun... Your first-round draft pick last year at defensive end was high school teammates with him. But he's a guy that this past year had 35 tackles, 12 tackles for a loss, 11 sacks. He forced five fumbles, too. He had an unbelievable year. Yes, he tore his Achilles, but give him time. Give him time, let him get healthy. He knows the scheme, and he can be a pillar of your pass rush. Just like he can, he'll he'll be there. He's a young guy that'll be there with Kyle Hamilton for a long time. Then on the inside, you go and get Travis Jones. Travis Jones out of UConn, UConn a defensive tackle, big guy, 6'4", 326. You get him at 76. ESPN had him ranked 42 overall in the draft. He's got a pretty good pro football focus grade at 87.6. He's really good in the run run game. And in his 33 career games, 134 tackles, 19 for a loss, 8.5 sacks for a guy that you're basically going to ask to play D-tackle, play nose tackle on your defense. I think that's a great pick. Somebody who will immediately play and have an impact. Now, as you move forward in the next round, at pick 110, Daniel Falele out of Minnesota, offensive tackle, enormous human being. Six foot eight, 384. You take him at 110, ESPN had him ranked 84th. He's a massive, massive individual. He's, yeah, he, he's going to be a developmental project. 
But, you know, as I always say, like offensive line coaches, just give them a piece of clay and let them mold it. The guy's only played football since 2017. There's plenty of room for growth. Later in that round, you go get a corner in Jalen Armour Davis out of Alabama. Got him at 119. Again, ESPN had him ranked 101. You're continuing to find value as you go down the draft. This is a guy that last year had 32 tackles, three picks, defended four passes. And if nothing else, he can he can learn from the secondary you already have. You have great secondary. You just need somebody to be a death piece. The guy gets banged up, he can fill in. Then your next two picks, you hit tight end heavy, which we know about Baltimore and their use of tight ends and how much they love tight ends. Well, I love these next two picks. You get Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State, big 6'7", 252. At 128, ESPN had him rank 113. Again, value. You're finding value as you go. In his career, 33 games, caught 168 balls for 2,181 yards and 23 touchdowns. And if you watched him, he stuck out watching Iowa State games. He was one of Brock Purdy's favorite players to throw the ball to. And I think he compliments what they already have, what Baltimore already has on the roster well. Then you follow that up with another tight end, and Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, different guy. Probably a little more athletic. Probably a little quicker. 6'4", 245. ESPN actually ranked him ahead of Charlie Kohler at 104. And you got him at 139. Pro football focus grade is enormous. It's like a 93.3. It's one of the best receiving tight ends in the country coming out, out in this draft. I think he's the number two pro football focus tight end. In his 32 career games, he caught 133 passes for 2,050 yards, 27 touchdowns. And then he also carried the ball a couple times. <laughs> and... I think with how heavy we know Baltimore uses tight ends. Just think about it. I mean, a couple of years ago, you had three tight ends that were on the field all the time. And now they're split up somewhat. But you have one of the best tight ends in the league. And now you add a couple different type of guys in that room with some potential to make an impact. And I think it just it only helps Lamar. It only helps this passing game. I think it only like I think the Ravens continue to get better in this draft. Then at the at the end of the draft, you go and get Tyler Beatty, running back out of Missouri. Why not? I think that's that's a great move. I think that if you can ever add the SEC leader in in rushing yards from from the year before, I think that's a great move. We know we know that it's a physical league. We know that in order to lead the SEC in rushing yards, you got to be a tough guy. You can't be afraid. And we know from last year with Baltimore, you have to have bodies in the running backs room. Can't go sign a bunch of old guys off free agency and expect to really run the ball the same as they have previously. 
and they didn't make the playoffs. Granted, super unlucky. Gus Edwards going down, other guys going down. You have to go get Latavius Murray. You got to go get Devonta Freeman. You got to go get Lev Bell. Tyler Brady doesn't have to be a superstar. He doesn't. He can just be a depth piece in that room. Because with how dynamic that rushing offense is, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to have a truly elite running back. Because you have Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to make life easier on everybody else in the run game. You can, if you got a little bit of juice, you can be great in that offense as a running back. And we've seen that. But I really like what these Ravens have done in the draft. I think they've gotten a lot better. And from the first round on, their draft stuck out to me. Because I felt like they had the two most common sense, no-duh draft picks in the first round. Kyle Hamilton, you can use him all over the field. Linderbaum, he's going to be a pillar of that offensive line for years to come. And I just, I really think the Ravens have put themselves back in a position where they can win that division and then get back to the playoffs. and They can potentially make a Super Bowl run. But that's my thoughts on the Ravens. And then... As we talked about earlier, Nicobe Dean, Malik Willis, fall to the third round. Both fall to pretty good spots, I think. Eagles, you have to be excited. You're, you're getting a first-round linebacker with a massive chip on his shoulder because he fell to the third round. Malik Willis, you're behind a veteran guy you can learn. You don't have to be thrown into, into the spotlight you don't have to be thrown into the fire right off the bat. These are two guys that Kobe Dean was ranked 19th in this draft. And Malik Willis was ranked 21st, and they fought at 83 and 86. I mean, come on. I just, I feel that both went to a good spot. Both are going to have a bigger impact than the draft position that they're that they're in. It wouldn't shock me if Dean turns into an all-pro. It wouldn't shock me if Malik Willis makes multiple Pro Bowls. But the great thing for him is he, he does have that time to develop. All right, that's probably going to do it here for the first episode of Bird Droppings. Just going to kind of keep pumping these out over the next few weeks, just kind of giving my thoughts in pretty... I guess bite-sized, manageable uh, segments. I'll be back later this week with episode two. All right, little bonus addition to the first episode. Just coming across uh, on Twitter, I think we now have the biggest steal of the undrafted free agents. Wide receiver Justin Ross out of Clemson to the Chiefs. 6'3", 210, guy who's had some health issues. Had a congenital fusion in his spine and a stress fracture in his foot. Also had COVID. But he's medically cleared now. This is a guy who's a five-star coming out of high school out of Phoenix City, Alabama. 
his rookie year, he led the ACC in receiving. 46 catches, 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns. For, for his career in, 33, in 38 games, he had 158 catches for 2,379 yards and 20 touchdowns. But also, in the biggest moments, in the biggest spots, college football playoff in 2018, across two games, he had 12 catches for 301 yards and three touchdowns. He's an unbelievable talent. He's so good. He would have been the first receiver in the NFL draft, potentially, after his freshman year. He's the best receiver on that 2018 Clemson team that had T. Higgins. And now he's teamed up with Patrick Mahomes. You want to talk about somebody who legitimately could be the breakout player of this class at the receiver position? You just paired an unbelievable talent as an undrafted free agent with probably the best quarterback in the NFL. Guy who's already won an MVP, already won a Super Bowl, already been to another Super Bowl. Yeah. He's about to do big numbers in Kansas City. So be on on the lookout for that. But that's my one little addition. I will see you all later this week.